Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything, even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Defense. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Reality Sports Online. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. As always, I am joined by Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF. Pat, what is going on, my man? NFL free agency signings, MLB signings, March Madness. Uh, it's just crazy right now. So, but soaking it all in, man. If you're a sports fan, what a glorious time of year this is. It is. It is uh, very, very glorious. And to join us in uh, this episode to do a two-round Superflex mock draft with all of the rookies. It's a rookie mock draft. Is Cody Carpentier. Uh, you can follow him on the Twitter at Carpentier NFL. Head NFL draft analyst and play and player personnel over at Roto Underworld. Cody, what is going on? Are you enjoying the quote unquote off season? Off season, on season, we're all season, baby. We're here just getting it done <laughs> for the people. Just trying to just trying to get as much knowledge and learn as much and do everything, man. That's that's what our goal is. So uh, we're having a good having a good spring though. So hope you guys are as well. Appreciate you having me on today. Of course. How was the combine? You were out there. Did you go get a steak at the famous? Uh, what's the steakhouse? St. Elmo's, baby. St. Elmo's. That's right. Did you go to go to St. Elmo's and rub elbows with all of the GMs and all that stuff? We we did. So uh, I, w- I went down there with a couple friends uh, over from Roster Watch and we went over to St. Elmo's. Um, we ordered a drink and then we were like, uh, so this is part of having people like uh, Alex done that from roster watch is he's been to St. Elmo's and he's been to, I think the next one next door is like Harry and Harry and something, uh, but they're connected. The, 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 the kitchens are connected. So it's the same food, but if you go to Harry's on the corner, it's cheaper. So we actually went to Harry's <laughs> instead of St. Elmo's. We got a drink at St. Elmo's. We walked uh, next door to Harry's, got a steak, got the cocktail, the cocktail shrimp. I mean, that is, that is some of the hottest food I've ever had in my life. So that was fantastic. But yeah, I mean, the combine was awesome met a lot of people got to kind of just interact with these players. Um, we got to go watch the the quarterback wide receiver drills on Thursday night. That was pretty fun. Um, it, it was just a great experience. 
Yeah, yeah. and I saw you mention it on Twitter. That's awesome. Speaking of uh yeah, St. Elmo's that like the the shrimp cocktail is more famous than the steak there. Just so much horseradish <laughs> yeah. packed into that. Like that will clear your sinuses for a couple of weeks. Um and, Alex and, is like, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say right on that was like Alex warned me. He's like, dude, this is the best. He didn't say this is the hottest, he said this is the best. <laughs> and then I take a bite out of it, and I'm not one for like I'm not good with the hot stuff. Like I, I, I love barbecue sauce. That's like my number one thing on everything. But I think I might have wrecked my tongue for the hot stuff. And he didn't warn me, so I just took a bite, pop, oh. you know, heaping, heaping of it. And I was like, oh man! And it hit me just like that. And then he's like, it's the hottest in the world. And I go, no, 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 no. I looked it up. It's literally the hottest uh, cocktail sauce in the world. And, and yeah, man, it was. It's, 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 yeah. While uh, while we're on the subject of Alex Dunlap, Cody, I got to <laughs> ask you: Did you appreciate the combine being indoors after the uh, infamous rainy practice day at the Senior Bowl? Alex told me a story about how he had to catch a plane right after that practice, so he had uh, to keep his gear dry, his computer and yep. his bag with all his clothes. Had to wear it like underneath his poncho. He said it looked like he was 400 pounds that day. Uh, so were you able to stay high and dry that day? No, we yeah, we we were together. He 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 came out. I didn't know he had a poncho. He had like a full wetsuit on, and <laughs> I had my backpack underneath my coat, so I looked like the hunchback. And then he comes out and he's got all this poncho on, this full gear. It looked like he was going hunting or something. And he like is showing me like he's got his backpack underneath here. He's got his like his uh, over the shoulder <laughs> bag underneath here. He's got everything ready to like go straight to the airport. And I was like, "Where you just come out of the woods with uh, the whole poncho on. And he's like, I'm good. And he got soaked. And he's like, I just got to, you know, roll it up. And he didn't really want to be wet on the airplane because, I mean, that wouldn't be fun. But I mean, yeah, that was uh, the, the rain practice at the Senior Bowl was was wet um but again like malik, malik willis shined a bunch of these offensive linemen shined um it, it was it's a good practice but it was it was not the best weather to answer your really quick your first question was the combine being indoors was fantastic in comparison <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure do you guys have you guys ever heard that like story of johnny unitas and why he was traded to the colts and uh so they did a practice he was on the steelers roster and they did a practice in the rain. And for whatever reason, I guess he was just God awful in the rain. Ball was slipping out of his hand. He probably had the same size hands as Kenny Pickett, right? <laughs> the ball was slipping out of his hands. Wasn't good. And the Steelers, I think, literally traded Johnny Unitas to the Colts for $500 in a bag of footballs. So No way. Yeah, that's like the original Johnny U story was dude couldn't throw in the rain, had a practice in the rain. He was terrible, so they just got rid of him. So, you know. Uh, I, I get it worked out in the end for everyone, you know, the Steelers do have six Super Bowl rings, but, uh, you know, uh, Johnny United traded away, but, uh, we are going to, we are going to dive into this show. We're going to do a little bit of reaction of the news. Cause how can we not, because there's been so much happening and then we're going to get into this draft. But before we get there, I got to tell you that we have a giveaway for Javante Williams autograph Jersey that we're doing right now all you need to do is subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash fantasy pros take a screenshot and submit it to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest that's fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest and you are entered in do it as soon as possible because this contest does end at the end of march so please check that out uh and one more thing uh for you here our fantasy news and scores app will help you stay up to date with all the latest free agency news you can even follow you 
players that you care about. Create your own customized stream of news and alerts. The Fantasy Pros News and Scores app is available now on both Apple App Store and Google Play. So check that out. A little bit of news, uh, a lot of bit of news, but we're going to try to condense this to as quick as possible here. So I'm just going to run down what has happened in terms of skill position players um, as far as free agency goes. Brady is back. And Pat, I know you heard me talking about this. I said I was not 100% convinced he was done. But for me, it was like, if we get to camp and he's not there, then I'll say Brady is done. But we didn't even get, I mean, the lockout for MLB lasted longer than Tom Brady's retirement. So on top of everything else and all the moving and shaking, Tom Brady back in the NFL. Deshaun Watson got cleared uh, for his criminal investigation. So uh, he is back on the market and many, many teams are diving in on him. The Steelers got a new starter and Mitchell Trubisky. Teddy Bridgewater went to the Dolphins. Carson Wentz got traded to the Commanders. Lots of quarterback news. For the running backs, not as much. Uh, we had James Conner re-up with the Cardinals. Chase Edmonds uh, signed with the Dolphins and J.D. McKissick went to the Bills. For the wideouts, we had Amari Cooper getting traded in the middle of one of my baseball drafts. He was traded from Dallas to Cleveland for a fifth and a sixth. Obviously, Cleveland taking on all of that salary, but at least the Cowboys got something back for him. Uh, also, Michael Gallup re-upped with the Cowboys, and Cedric Wilson is close to a deal in Miami just in terms of Cowboys wide receiver news. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars just ruined the wide receiver market by giving Christian Kirk way too much money. Also gave Zay Jones a lot of money, not, not nearly as bad as a Kirk deal, but still not great. So they, they also signed Evan Ingram in terms of tight ends too. Uh, DJ Chark bet on himself with a one-year deal with the Detroit lions. Russell Gage went to the bucks on uh, a deal. And then CJ Uzama signed with the jets and Zach Ertz re-upped with the Cardinals. I think that's most of it. So Fitz, uh, your thoughts on the free agent frenzy that we have seen so far in the NFL. Oh man. Uh, Trent Balky just opening, <laughs> opening the, uh, just driving up the Brinks truck. I think he gave Zay Jones, <laughs> Zay Jones is going to get $50,000 every time he does that weird levitation thing where he gets <laughs> off the ground. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man. And and they're like, I remember seeing the Adam Schefter tweet yesterday. It was originally what reported 84 million, four years for Kirk and him saying, oh, oh, no, it's only 72 million with some yeah. incentives. Like, oh, is that all uh, for a guy who's <laughs> never had a thousand yard season? I mean, not that we're holding that against Kirk, but just, man, I mean, it's it messed up the wide receiver markets. Um, I mean, other wide receivers like are hearing from their agents. uh, Well, this team is saying that they're not going to overspend just because the Jaguars are crazy. Like that is a phrase that agents have had to say to their players because of these deals. So, yeah, I mean, kudos to Christian Kirk's agent, who is going to be a popular dude. There are going to be a lot of players looking to sign with that guy. Um, Yeah. So uh, the, the Brady on retirement really preserves the value of Evans and, and Godwin. And I can't wait to see what they do at, at wide receiver or uh, running back. Sorry, like Leonard Fournette, maybe he just resigns, but if not, I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, most likely, but man, uh, Brady was just capped and checked down. And I understand not wanting to take shots in your mid forties, uh, but whoever ends up there is going to have a windfall, just a, a pass catching dump off windfall. Hopefully Godwin is there to capitalize on it because he was headed for just monstrous numbers this year before the injury. Um, 
man, lots of comments on, uh, <laughs> Cody, Cody, what do you got? Like what comes to your mind first with this flurry we've seen in the last day or two? The, the Christian Kirk thing obviously has got to be the top of the list. We saw that Devonte Adams was offered 23 million, um, which is laughable in comparison to these other deals that have happened. Yeah. It's like, he should probably be an offered 33. Uh, and then that's like where it should start, to be honest with you, like in, in comparison to this other stuff. But Russell Clay, I think, said it best on Twitter. On January 8th, he said Christian Kirk with possibly the quietest 950 total yard season of all time. And then he replied to it yesterday and said, turns out this was actually the loudest and greatest 950 yard total <laughs> yard season of all time. And I thought that just like one Twitter yesterday, low key, and I was just like, but yeah, I mean, the Christian Kirk thing was probably the biggest. Um, I thought there was a few, like the Chargers dominated yesterday, getting J.C. Jackson, Sebastian yeah. Joseph Davis, a great pickup. And then obviously Mac in the trade before that. And then today Tampa's made a few moves that are nice. It's, it's, it, it just leaves you in question, like what Jacksonville's thing, like they bring in Foye Aluakon, they cut Miles Jack today. Um, they bring in Brandon Scherf, great, great pickup. But it's, again, offense. You're going after LaVisca, LaVisca Chenault's still there. Now they're going to trade him. It's like you're just bringing guys in and then you're shipping guys out. Maybe it's just to fit the scheme or whatever, but um, just some of these franchises that you see don't do anything. Or The Indianapolis Colts are another one. I'd like to hear maybe you guys' thoughts on that. Is They're the ones sitting pat. they got some of the most money in free agency right now, and they're not doing anything, not going after quarterback. It makes me wonder if there's something behind the scenes going on at quarterback that they're going to make a big move. Yeah, I know they checked in on Watson and the Texans were like, you're the one place we want. Yeah, we were not going to exactly. trade in division. So I know that was at least talked about and all that stuff. But I think that's the domino that needs to fall for them. But you're right. They're falling behind uh, right now because all these free agents are getting snapped up on these deals. And you know, none of these will be official until, uh, you know, Wednesday. So uh, we're recording this in the afternoon on Tuesday. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I mean. They got to get after it. I, I love Sam Ellinger. I'm a Texas fan. Uh, we were talking about it, uh, you know, in, in the show. I went to that that Texas uh, game uh, where they lost to Kansas this year. But Sam Ellinger is probably not a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. He's, you know, along with Colt McCoy and other Texas guys, probably a pretty solid backup for most of his career. So, um, yeah, they got to do something that, at that position. What do you think about the Colts, Pat? Yeah, um, like we've heard Jimmy G connected to them. We've got Jameis Winston as a possible fallback. And and really, Brady sort of added a chair to the game of musical chairs at quarterback here. But uh, I don't think the Colts want to rely on the draft for quarterback because I think as we're going to see in our super flex mock, um, maybe quarterbacks are not as coveted this year as they would be in a normal year. There are moves to be made here for the Colts. They're going to be one of the interesting teams because they do have sort of the infrastructure in place to be a contender, uh, good offensive line, good running game, good defense. They just need to figure it out at quarterback. And, you know, they, they've still got room to add more to, to that infrastructure. So, um, yeah, what they do is going to be a big thing. I want to ask you guys about Trubisky. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting move for the Steelers to do it on, a, on the cheap not have to spend a first-round pick on a quarterback when they have other needs. I mean, their running game was uh, – thanks uh, – well, thank Najee Harris for whatever they got out of the running for game. For making like, it, yeah, livable. Yeah, yeah, that offensive line is just a, a disaster. And their run defense was terrible, terrible. So they've got a lot of repairs to make. And if they don't have to 
burn a first round pick on a quarterback. That's pretty good. I mean, Trubisky, not a complete washout with the Bears. Um, I, I 29 think and that, 21 was his record under Matt yeah. Nagy. So and I think like average NFL starter is like the ceiling for him. But hey, man, like a, a bridge quarterback while you fix the other stuff. Not a bad plan. Would you guys agree? I'll let Cody go first since obviously my Steelers uh, fandom slants me. So, uh, Cody, your thoughts on Trubisky? I really actually do like it. Like, we obviously heard the Giants talk. Maybe Trubisky was going to go there and follow that whole offense or the whole scheme down there. But um, when I asked uh, Kevin Colbert about this quarterback class at the Senior Bowl or at the Combine, uh, he said it's actually a quality class. There might not be a guy at the top, but there's there will be starting caliber quarterbacks in this class. Makes me think they're going to still draft one but maybe they just bring one in for competition with Trubisky. I think either one of Rudolph or Haskins is probably, I mean, they're going to go in there with probably four guys, I would say, and their intentions are probably Trubisky, but I think they probably think a guy like Ritter, something like that, uh, that would maybe entice them. I don't know. It just depends on where they can get them at, right? It depends. Like, obviously if they've been in on Malik, uh, will they trade up for him? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so anymore. Maybe they just stand pat or they back up a little bit and just see if like a Ritter falls to them, if that's kind of what they want to go with. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of indifferent about it. Uh, I think Trubisky and Najee Harris is a, is a decent backfield from a running standpoint. They could run some RPO, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't love it. I, uh, I love it as a Steelers fan because I can't watch another season of Mason Rudolph, like the year that, uh, Roethlisberger got her. And I know they would switch the whole offense around for, uh, you know, for Mason and Matt Canada runs a more vertical style offense, which is what he had at Oklahoma state. So we would expect Mason to improve and be better in Pittsburgh, um, you know, with the offense changing, but, I just don't think that there's any ceiling there. I think that with Trubisky, I think he is your, you plan for him to be your bridge quarterback. And if he earns it in the next two seasons, you can sign him to a longer deal and make him the starter moving forward. Um, I, I just, I'm so happy that it's not Mason. I can't tell you guys how. So, so for me, like I said, it's so slanted being a Steelers fan because I just didn't want to watch Rudolph. And I know I've seen many of the, you know, uh, the Ben Roethlisberger was so bad that it's making Steelers fans think that Trubisky is good and all those memes and all that stuff. But he's prop Trubisky, you know, is probably better than the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his career. And they've got weapons. They've improved the offensive line by signing two interior offensive linemen already. I hated that they gave a core for an extension because I don't think he's a very good right tackle. And I think he's like a top, 12 paid right tackle in the NFL after this extension. Um, and I think their plan is to go Dan Moore uh, at left tackle. So I don't know that the run blocking is going to get so much better, but Kendrick green was on the ground every single snap last year as a starting center and getting Mason Cole in there is going to improve that at least a little bit. So, um, you know, I think, I think Cody's right. And I think if the right guy falls to them in the second round, They'll probably take him, whether it's Ritter or Howell or, or, you know, however that would work. They're just I mean, Malik Willis has been mocked to number two to Detroit, you know, uh, because it looks like Aiden Hutchinson is definitely going number one to Jacksonville now. So, um, you know, they don't need an offensive lineman. They're not going to take Evan Neal. So it's like, are they going to take Kyle Hamilton? They're going to take. Malik Willis, take a shot. Are they going to trade down? So um, I the Steelers just 
you know, the the last two times I traded up in the first round was for Devin Bush. It didn't work. And then before that, it was Troy Polamalu. So they just don't do it very often. So I don't know that, you know, Colbert is going to make a giant splash in his last year to trade up to for Willis. So I do think it's going to be Trubisky and then whoever they bring in probably next season because quarterbacks don't fall. You know, they just don't. Uh, you know, and if they fall to the second round, even the high end second round, they're Drew Locke, right? Most of the time. So, you know, that's how it goes. I'm worried about the physical well-being of Steelers fans because I think the first time Mitch Trubisky escapes the pocket and runs for a first down, Steelers fans are going to fall out of their chairs because they haven't <laughs> seen that in like seven or eight years. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about, you know, them hurting themselves when they fall off the couch. Well, you know, uh, watching Ben dance around in the backfield for years and not go down and screaming, throw the ball at him has not been good for my health. So I'll take a run, a scrambling first down uh, at any point here. But that is the news. Uh, you know, we had to talk about it because so much happened. But let's get into this uh, rookie mock draft. So, Pat, I will let you set it up, explain what we're doing here the rules and uh, you know, how long it's going to be and all that good stuff. Okay. So we are going to do a two round super flex rookie mock draft, and uh, we're going to alternate. We're going to let our guest Cody go first, followed by you Bogman, followed by me. Uh, we're doing this as if it's a 12 team league. And so we're, we're each representing a team, I guess, with two picks. And once we end the first round, we're going to go back to the top of the second round with uh, you know, Cody's, 101 team then picking 201 so okay so it's not snake regular not snake regular uh super flex not tight end premium ppr all right so with the first pick in the super flex mock draft cody you're up who are you taking well we saw it last week at the combine uh friday night 4.39 40 yard dash 511 217 pounds 95th percentile college dominator uh, my boss, Matt Kelly, compares him to uh, a light Saquon Barkley. I prefer a mixture of DeMarco Murray and Ladanian Tomlinson, Brees Hall, Iowa State. Wow. Okay. So we're going uh, in Dynasty. We're going with that running back, number one. Now, it, um, in your opinion, is there a running back that's close to Brees or is it Brees? Then, you know, 50 feet of you know what? And then everybody else. So and actually in these in these running backs, we have Brees in his own tier. And we have a gap, massive gap, Kenneth Walker in his own tier, and then another massive gap. Uh, and that's kind of where we're looking at. It's like a tier one, tier two, tier three is the rest. That's kind of how we look at it. Okay, so this is a difficult pick, number two, because like you said, the it, it falls a lot after Brees. And, you know, running backs, even in Superflex, Pat, you know, uh, running backs are the premium. They burn out fast, so people are trying to replace them fast. So Brees going one. Not that surprising, but in a super flex, I'm looking at those quarterbacks. For me, Malik Willis absolutely has the highest ceiling of all these quarterbacks uh, in this draft class. So because it's super flex, I'm just going to go ahead and take Malik Willis. You know, we've seen plenty of guys with that scrambling upside. Jalen Hurts, probably not a great NFL quarterback, middle of the pack in terms of the NFL. But for fantasy, he's a top 10 QB. I think Malik Wills has a lot of those same traits that Jalen Hurts does. Probably a better thrower um, than he definitely has a better arm than Jalen Hurts. Don't know if he's as accurate. Um, come from a smaller school, so he's probably a little bit of a bigger risk. But in a super flex, I got to take Malik 
Malik Willis from Liberty with all of that upside at the number two pick. So uh, do, you, do you like that pick, Pat? Um, and you're up for number three here. Yeah, let me, before uh, I make that number three pick, I want to ask Cody about Willis because we've we've talked about this quarterback class, Bogman, and I am very distrustful of everyone, including Malik Willis here. Like I, I <laughs> wonder about, like certainly there's uh, Lamar Jackson upside here, but there are also questions about the accuracy and the decision-making I know Cody watched Malik Willis in that rainy senior ball practice. Um, and I've heard Pat Kerwin on the NFL Network say how he won people over that day with the way he was able to drive the ball through the rain and the inclement weather and how he had the big hands to, to grip it and rip it that day. So personally, I could not take Willis that early in this draft when there are still some pretty elite position prospects on the board. but. I know that's the economy of Superflex that the, the quarterbacks deserve to be pushed up. So I'm kind of curious to get Cody's take on that and maybe, you know, filtered through the perspective of what he saw in Mobile. Yeah. So Malik, that was the big one. That that rainy day, the first day of practices, um, I'll be honest with you, nobody really separated themselves forward. And we came away talking about that. We're like, nobody did anything. Kenny Pickett kind of was, was, Still, he didn't do anything. Ritter stood still. Malik Willis didn't do really a lot because weren't scouts both... saying that Matt Corral had the best day because he was the only one not there? Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because nobody really improved that first day. And I guess that's a lot yeah. of just getting used to your surroundings. Malik isn't built for that anyway because of the rushing upside that he has. Even Ritter's not built for it. Um, Zappy looked like, uh, then the rainy day comes. Malik Willis just blows up. He's hitting everything. He's confident. He's out there leading the team. That was when the tides turned. That's when Mike Tomlin's down there following him around the entire practice. Um, I, I mean, when I watched Malik Willis, um, everyone wants to point to like the Vic Lamar Jackson thing. I think he's a lot closer to a Tyrod Taylor, uh, Marcus Mariota than he is those other two guys. Um, he can run. He's very good at running, but he's not on that level of Lamar and Vic where he doesn't have those that I don't think he has quite like the loose hips and loose ankles as you see like Vic and Lamar Jackson just kind of like it's almost like the the what's that uh, stretchy man or something where he just kind of like gets in and out of everything <laughs> the um, wacky waving you know, inflatable tube man that guy there you go that exactly <laughs> so it just like gets in and out of every tackle you know like Lamar and Vic do Malik reminds me a lot more of like a Mariota and a Tyrod Taylor he's got the massive arm that's what's winning over everybody at the combine he looked great he's I think he's picking and choosing perfectly what he's doing the Senior Bowl takes that step the combine he only throws um actually i will be going to the liberty pro day since it's about an hour up the road um, next week so i'm really looking forward to seeing him run and seeing him throw again um again i like where he's at but again this clash is overall is underwhelming um when you're talking about a a mariota now um and and that tyrod taylor level that's just not what we're used to in years past i still like him and i still have him as qb1 but we're just not on that level of talent as, as the years passed, obviously. All right. I got to tell you about Reality Sports Online. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, 
franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online uh, Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. Um, uh, It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, then test your mettle on this platform. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free FREE and a mock free agency auction right now. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, pick number three, Fitz. What's it going to be? Yeah, so I'm going to dip into this wide receiver market, and there's not really consensus here as to the number one, but I think the uh, majority of people like Traylon Burks here at the top of the wide receiver class, and it's a, a size thing. Like The first time I ever saw him, I thought Des Bryant, like that's what he looked like, uh, but I, I don't think that's necessarily his game. And we've talked about this, Bogman, like how he can line up in the slots, uh, as an X, as a Z in the backfield. And I would love to see him go somewhere where they used him, uh, as kind of a, a Debo junior, like right. used him in that capacity as the big slots as a guy they're willing to line up in the backfield and have him run routes out of the backfield or even take handoffs now and again. So, uh, and we talked about the nightmare that it would be if he went to Dallas where maybe Jerry <laughs> Jones, the Arkansas alum, takes that guy they do need a receiver now but man we'd love to see cd lamb stay in the slot and we'd love to see burks be a big slot anyway so here's hoping burks lands in the right spot i'm taking him at 103 burks is still the number one wide out on my board i know he has slipped because he ran the bad 40 time at the combine a little bit but that speed shows up on film yeah was know? it even bad i mean it, i mean it was it just running wasn't that big at four or five Right. right. It just wasn't historical like all these other guys, you know, and in a class that's so close, like you mentioned, with so many guys at the top end, any little nitpicky thing is going to make you fall. So I know um, just looking at like the odds on favorite to be the first wide receiver in the draft taken, I think he's fourth now. Uh, Garrett Wilson bumped up to number one. Uh, and, and I think I think he's I think he's even. I don't think he's minus any money, but I do think he's even here. Uh, Cody, your thoughts on, on Traylon Burks being the first wide receiver off the board in our mock here. Uh, first off the board in our mock, I think makes the most sense. I think for fantasy Burks stays number one. We've had him number one. He did take a little bit of a, a kickback obviously from the combine, but still 87th percentile speed score, 92nd percentile college dominator. You can't lie. Like the game speed is a little bit different for him. The four five five does make you have question just because if you're on Twitter for the last two, three months, everyone was talking about this four three nine with five XL gloves and everything came in under side, you know, six four, six two. Five XL gloves, not even 10 inch hands, four three nine, four five five, like just disappointing numbers in comparison to what we expected. But when you see the comps come back and the comps are still, you know, when I tell you Jordy Nelson, you know, Dwayne Bow. AJ Brown's still in the top 10 for his comps. Eric Decker, like those are still good receivers. We're, yeah. we're, we're not going to like for fantasy football. Those are still Brandon Marshall. Like those are good receivers, especially for fantasy football from the NFL standpoint. You just listed off Wilson, um, Olave Williams, all those guys. Like I can see those guys getting drafted ahead of him in the NFL. Um, but for fantasy purposes, Traylon Burks, I mean, I don't, I don't really, I'm, I'm leaning Traylon Burks. All right. Well, you are up for your second pick for team two here. 
and uh, your first pick for team two, your second pick in this draft. So uh, we, we have the rainbow here. We have got a running back, a quarterback and a wide receiver. So uh, I highly doubt this is Trey McBride. So uh, who's it going to be with this pick here, Cody? Well, it's the hardest runner in this class. The biggest surprise at the NFL combine almost won the Heisman this year. He did come in a little shorter, a little undersized, I guess, 211 pounds, 98th percentile, 40 yard dash, 99th percentile college dominator. Give me Kenneth Walker out of Michigan. Let's keep that rainbow growing. Yeah. I mean, so back to back RBs. And I think this is, I think if there was a, and you can tell me if I'm wrong in my thought process here, Cody, I think if there were like two or three of these top end wide receivers, you would probably go with them because in, in terms of dynasty, they, they last longer, right? So they, they just, they last a, a little bit longer, these wide receivers than, than the running backs, but because there are so this class of wide receivers is so deep, you can afford to take these running backs, even if they're not the upper echelon Saquon Barkley's and, and guys like that coming into this draft. Am I right on that? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I don't like hate this receiver class at all. I like it. No, I of course. Taylor. Yeah, I, I think Garrett Wilson's gonna be solid. Um, I actually have Chris Olave as my highest graded NFL receiver, um, because I think he's the most polished and ready to come in. But you have question marks with Drake London, Olave's age breakout, Garrett Wilson actually probably had the best combine out of all these receivers. But at the running back position, it's like Give me Brees, give me Kenneth, and then I'm just going to start hammering receivers later. We got a lot of athletes at the receiver position that we can get in round two, round three, and so that's why I'm going to. If 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 I had the first, if I had these two picks in a rookie draft, I didn't have any more picks until a later second. This is where I would go with these picks, especially in superflex. Let's more about the quarterbacks, I guess, because yeah, generally you'd be like, let's go quarterback, let's go quarterback, but like. I'm not confident that, you know, Pickett's going to be in the best spot. Maybe Pickett goes to Carolina and he doesn't even start week one. You know, like I think that's in the range of possibilities where he goes somewhere where he doesn't play. Sam Howell getting pushed down to round two in mock drafts like Ritter. Like there's just not a lot of guarantees after Malik Willis, to be honest. Yeah. Pat, are you uh, are you in that as well? Or we know the wide receivers last long, but there's just so few running backs and so many good wide receivers here that, and like, you know, Cody mentioned the quarterback class has big questions. So taking running backs is just not that surprising here. Right. Yeah. Cody's point about positional scarcity here really holds up and there are going to be some good running backs who come from the, the lower part of the draft, but we just don't know who, like there are no great percentage plays. There are going to be some guys going on uh, day three who hit. But it's just no single guy is a great bet there. So I totally understand. And I agree with the player profiler take that it's basically Hall on his own tier, Walker on his own tier, and then other guys. And I know it bothers some people that, that Walker didn't really catch a lot of passes in college, but Michigan State didn't really do that. And when you have the kind of rushing season he had, who cares? Uh, it shouldn't really bother anyone that he had just one year of production after the, the transfer from Wake Forest. So I, I'm totally on board with that pick. I would have done the same thing. Uh, okay. For my, oh, go, go ahead, Cody, you got more. I was just going to say, when you, when you compare that Matt has been referencing uh, to Melvin Gordon, who in four seasons at Wisconsin had 22 receptions. So that's another guy that, you know, was prolific comes in and didn't have the receptions, but he could still do it. He can still do it just because they didn't use yeah. him that way. 
And and again, with the, with the tier thing, such a good point. There's, there's only two running backs that we're talking about with potential NFL round one. I'm not saying they're gonna go round one, but conversations have been had about running backs going round one. It's only these two guys. It's not anybody else. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna plant a flag on anybody in this draft at the running back position, it's gonna be these two guys. Right. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, Leonard Fournette was one of those guys who was just an unbelievable athlete trying to figure out the running back position when he came into the NFL. And so he didn't have that many catches in college. Plus, I mean, LSU had real bad quarterback issues until Joe Burrow got there. You know, that's why guys like Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry weren't as hyped coming into the league as they were, you know, a year after being in the league, they ended up better pros than they were in college just because they didn't have, you know, I think they had Zach Mettenberger thrown to them or whoever at that point. So, you know, uh, Leonard Fournette's a guy that most people thought had frying pans for hands. And we saw with, Tom Brady, who a guy was willing to throw him the ball, dude can catch most of these guys. It's just repetition. It's just something that we don't see out of, you know, college offenses. Ohio State runs the same stuff. You know, it's why Urban Meyer didn't work in the NFL. You can't run the same seven plays out of uh, different formations like you're playing Madden in the NFL. You know, it's different. So for my next pick, uh, I'm going into this wide receiver pool. I'm going to the Ohio State University, and I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. Uh, you know, the wide receiver class is so deep, it's hard to separate. I think, uh, personally, I like Jamison Williams a little bit more coming off a major injury going into this process. We don't know how much of this season, if any, he's going to miss. Shouldn't miss a lot of time, but one setback sets you back for a couple months. I'm looking for the long haul. Garrett Wilson, as you mentioned, Cody had the best combine in any of these wide receivers. Uh, the dude is an absolute stud and he was overshadowed a little bit, you know, by Chris Olave and his unbelievable production. Um, they have great, you know, CJ Stroud is awesome. He was in the mix for the Heisman as well. Uh, the running backs there at Ohio state have always been good. So, um, you know, uh, but I think this guy, you just see him, and he looks different with big 10 athletes on, on the field. And he, he's running past them, running through them, dancing around. I mean, this guy is an incredible wide receiver. Uh, and it, it's hard to separate in this class, but I am going to have, um, I am going to have Garrett Wilson probably as my number two wide receiver behind Traylon Burke. So, uh, Cody, your thoughts on Garrett Wilson. I love Garrett Wilson. Um, I think he's, you know, next to, uh, as far as being pro ready next to Chris Olave, um, I think it's Garrett Wilson. Uh, have him as the number two uh, receiver. I think he's a great, has a great catch radius, uh, athletic enough to come across the formation, good route runner, not the smoothest, but he can get there. Um, the difference I had between Olave and Wilson was when we were at the combine watching him run the gauntlet drill, Olave was just much more crisp. Alex alluded to Odell Beckham of years past running that gauntlet drill, just being crisp not leaving that line. Cause you remember when they were on the gauntlet sideline to sideline on the white line, Olave didn't leave it. Wilson was a little hesitant, but I mean, these guys are so good. They played together. It's, it's, it's really tough to be honest with you to measure two guys running on this, on the field together. Cause they can't dominate. Like you could have seen, like, um, I mean, I guess with Jamar and, and Justin Jefferson, they did, but it was kind of different because Jamar took that year off. But again, I love Garrett Wilson. I love Chris Olave. That would have been my next pick had you not taken him. So I got a great, great pick. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Pat, your thoughts on Garrett Wilson here. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the gauntlet drill, Cody. He did that weird thing where he jumped every time he caught the ball too. He sort of left his feet, which was just strange, but Hey, I mean, it's not really a natural, 
it's not the same as running a route and catching the ball. So maybe it was just sort of some weird little quirk he had there, but <laughs> I like it. I would have taken Wilson too. just a, a slippery slot guy. That's what he's going to be in the NFL. And uh, like, I can't wait to see it. I think he's going to hit the ground running. All so, right. Uh, You're up again here. What, what position is it going to be? Yeah. One Oh six. I'm going to make it a second straight Ohio state receiver. Uh, and we've been talking about him and Chris Olave, like Cody said, I think he's going to translate so easily to the NFL. Just he's a craftsman as a route runner. And we have seen that for three years. And although he hasn't had a thousand yard season, well, he certainly would have had one in 2020, if not for Ohio state only playing seven games in the COVID shortened season, speed route running. It's not going to take much of an adjustment for Olave. And uh, I, I love him as a guy who can take the lid off a of defense, uh, as a guy who's going to be where his quarterback wants him to be. Uh, pair him with Justin Fields, his old quarterback in Chicago. Pair him with Aaron Rodgers, who might not trust a rookie receiver unless he is a guy who, you know, if, if he's running a certain route where he has to be at an eight-yard depth, Aaron Rodgers wants you at that eight-yard depth and not 10 yards or six yards. And I think Olave is not that kind of receiver, just a, a true pro. And as Cody said, I think the transition is going to be really easy for him. Yeah, Cody, the word technician as a route runner has been used for yep. uh, Chris Olave several times. So this is absolutely an excellent pick. And remember, Jamison Williams transferred out of Ohio State. He was there with both those guys. So this class for Ohio State, just unbelievable. And, um, you know, Chris Olave is going to go in the first round 100% lock. 100% I agree with that one. It's, it's, I've said I've said what I've said about Olave. I agree with that. Which route running savant and hit the nail right in the head. Are you are you, would you lay money on him being the first wide receiver off the board? Olave? Mm-hmm. No, I I would I would put more money on London or Wilson going first. London or I'd Wilson. Lean London just just from hearing some of the 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 Jets conversation hasn't went away uh, from Daniel Jeremiah and Todd McShay who are the most two dialed in guys with the Jets. Uh, Jeremiah's friends with Joe Douglas, obviously, and uh, that's one of the guys that they've been pushing for. And I, I don't get it quite, quite, quite honestly. I've talked to Matt about this a couple times, but because they have Corey Davis, they have Denzel Mims. Maybe it's just the fact that they want to have a cemented big guy in this offense at all times. And last year, you saw Mims obviously didn't do much. Corey Davis got hurt, and they really relied on a bunch of little guys. Maybe that's what it is. They just they had the luxury of having two top ten picks. Maybe they use that pick on London. That would be where I would put my money. I guess at this point, that's very interesting. And with very. that, uh, you are the next pick up here. And, uh, so we have a little run here. Uh, we, we had, uh, you know, running back quarterback, wide receiver, then running back wide receiver, wide receiver. So we know you're not taking a running back here because we talked about separators. So you're diving into a new position where what's it going to be here? The receiver I'm going with is the guy we just talked about, Drake London. Um, he's getting talked about going 10th overall to the Jets. Uh, there's a couple other spots he could go in there. He's not getting a lot of talk right now because he did not compete at the combine. He showed up 219 pounds. He did look a little bit more slight than I expected. I thought him to be a little bit bigger. Obviously, in comparison to like a DK Metcalf, he's not going to be that jacked, but he was a little more slender. He was talking about, you know, playing basketball and being bit and like still wanting to play basketball, which was kind of a weird thing for him to say. But um, he's going to do his own pro day in April. He's not going to be at the USC pro day. So hopefully he's going to be 100% healthy. We're going to get to see him test out. Uh, that's the only question mark I have. But Drake London is my pick. As I said before, 500 yards receiving as a freshman with Pittman, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyler Vaughn's on the field. 
Uh, this guy is still 20 years old and has an 18.199th percentile breakout age. Yeah, I mean, Drake London is an absolute stud. And uh, the, the the factor in his game is, and it's a lot, I mean, it's probably just because they wore the same uniform, but uh, Michael Pittman, I just see a lot of yep. Michael Pittman in his game. Just that guy that he's going to box out. That's why he talks about basketball. He's going to box out a safety, a linebacker, a corner, because he's 6'5". You know, he's, he's a big dude. He's got great hands. He's going to rip that ball out of the air. But the problem with these big wide receivers is they're usually somewhere between Mike Evans, who just is one of the best ever in terms of size and going up and getting the ball and, and winning without a ton of speed uh, is that guy or Nikhil Harry right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. well, that's the window that we have for yeah. these big guys, which is why some of these other guys, uh, you know, went ahead of Drake London for us. But if it was, you know, if this is a class from two or three seasons ago, Drake London is going to be very, very high on the boards. It's just with Olave and Burks and, uh, you know, Jamison Williams and all these other guys, it's hard to separate. So, uh, Pat, your thoughts on Drake London going here. Yeah, why is it always the big guys who whose separation we worry about the rebounder guys? Why are they always Pac-10 dudes like Nikhil Harry, <laughs> JJ Arcega White Whiteside? Yeah, yeah, Michael Pittman. So remember when they said JJ ran a four-four at his pro day, and I'm like, is anyone ever gonna trust a pro day ever again? Like the guy had to take seven steps to slow down JJ Arcega Whiteside. So yeah. uh, it's just no way. So yeah, the, the contested catch guys, I like, I don't think London is going to fit that, uh, fall into that. Well, um, I, like, I believe in the talent too. And I Me think too, middle yeah. of the first round of a, a super flex draft is exactly where he should go. So, um, not my favorite receiver in this class, but one of the really good ones. And we've talked about this Bogman. I mean, there was no size in last year's class. It was a bunch of slot guys. Good, good class to get a slot receiver. There's some size in this class, and and London typifies that. Uh, I'm going to round out the upper echelon of the wide receivers with my pick here, and I'm going to take Jamison Williams uh, out of Alabama, who just to pull the curtain back, if he didn't have the injury, he would have been my number one QB or wide receiver, excuse me, on this board because you can't teach speed. You can't teach it, and he is so fast and everyone talked about you know it was i believe it was mark ross's first time ever running the the 40 yard yard dash clock right so charlie Castley had done it for i think 17 years or whatever leading up to uh this class Cashley, of course retired now and um we saw a lot of times get wonky real fast uh and someone had mentioned if jameson williams was uh running a 40 today he would have ran a 398 with the way these times are going, because there's just something about this speed. Now, look, we've seen some speed guys not work out. Uh, Henry Ruggs, they just couldn't get the ball to him uh, in Vegas, right? And obviously, he had uh, off-the-field stuff, and he is gone now. Uh, John Mechie uh, also got hurt. Um, we've seen speed guys, you know, just like we mentioned with Drake London, There, there's and how Nikhil Harry is bad. And I was all in on, on Nikhil Harry. I thought he was going to be great. You know, we've seen the speed guys not succeed. Ruggs wasn't very successful. John Ross wasn't very successful. But Jamison Williams is so much more than just speed. He's speed plus good route running. I mean, he's not Chris Olave, 
but you know, he's also not Sean Ross dude can run routes. Uh, he, he can find the holes in, in zones as well. And he just looks faster. There's a difference. I love Jahan Dotson and he looks like the fastest guy on the field whenever you watch him, but there's a difference between doing it against big 10 guys and doing it against sec guys. And we saw him do it against both of them because he, he, routinely torch guys for Ohio state transfers to Alabama did it against the upper echelon best uh, defensive backs in college football last season and was the best wide receiver on that team. So I love Jamison Williams. I love the fact that he fell this far, um, you know, you, and you may be able to get a discount on him because of uh, his injury uh, going in your draft. So uh, Cody, what do you think of Jamison Williams here? I like him. I like the value you just got um, at the combine. In the interviews, I got speed you can't teach is the words that came out of his mouth, and he just loved that confidence. Um, he said he was also six weeks post-op, and he was walking. And then when he walked off the podium, I stood right behind him, and I watched him walk. There was no hitch in his step. Everything was fine. He said he's working on jogging in the pool already. So, I mean, we're talking six, seven weeks post-ACL surgery, and he's walking and training. So um, he said he wasn't going to force anything to come back to camp. But, I mean, this is an insane value for a guy that could be ready for week one um, of the NFL season as a rookie. Yeah, he's going to miss camp, whatever. But, um, like you said, great separation near the line of scrimmage. I thought incredible body contortions and great catches, great radius. Um, just He's just a good receiver all around. And, and the two guys that I had uh, closest comparable for me was Ridley, Devonta Smith, and it's easy because it's the Bama guys, but that's that exact mold that he played in college. That's right. the exact mold that he's playing in, size, speed. Uh, the speed's obviously a little better than those other guys, but um, if that's the only difference is he has more speed than them, I mean, I, I like what I saw. And, and that's, I mean, those comps get stuck in my head too. Like I just said, the uh, Michael Pittman and, and Drake London, right? Uh, they because yeah. the same the same uniform, they kind of they kind of get in there. But you know, look, they're, they're taught by a lot of the same people, so you're going to see a lot of the same skill sets too. So, uh, Fitz, what do you think about Jamison Williams here? If he last to the Packers and I'm a Packers fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be doing shots of Jamison all night on draft night. Cause uh, I would love to see that pairing with Aaron Rodgers. That yeah. And, and, and that's a possibility because of the injury, right? He's he yep. probably yeah. going to slip to late yep. in the first round. Tyreek Hill type difference, making speed. Can you imagine him in Kansas city? He better not go to Kansas. City. <laughs> like that can't happen. Uh, I mean, yeah, come on. Uh, I mean, him just one formation of Hill, Williams, and and uh, Hardman on the field oh. together with Kelsey as a tight end. I mean, it might as well just run a you know cross country relay at that point. Just run Unreal. a track team out there. So uh, these are things that can possibly happen. So uh, fits your third pick in round one. Who's it going to be? Listeners know how I feel about this quarterback class, and I'm just not ready to go here. And maybe some people do think there are future starters in this class. I think it is a class full of Case Keenums and Colt McCoys and Jacoby Brissett's and Tyrod Ooh. Taylor's. Like, yeah, man, like maybe we do need some replenishment of the ranks of backup quarterbacks in the NFL because there are some guys, there were some really weak number twos in the league last year. So maybe it's a good thing we're getting this kind of class, but. I'm worried about some of these guys. Like, I'm not sure who I'd bet on other than maybe Willis as better than a 50-50 chance to be a starter in 2024. Like, yeah, a couple, couple years from now. So, uh, like, uh, there's no one I'm willing to bet on. So I'm going running back here. I'm, I'm taking that third guy 
I, like I don't love the value, but Isaiah Spiller, I mean, three years of pretty solid production, runs angry. I, I like the size, like 6'0", 217. That's pretty close to, I don't know, I mean, maybe ideal is more like 6'1", 220, but pretty close to that. I don't know. And hey, some people had him in a dead heat with Brees Hall going into the combine, but you know, Hall lights it up there and uh, Spiller sits because I, I think it was what strained abductor muscle or something like that and didn't do a lot. But people are maybe knocking him down a little bit too far because of his non-combine participation. And I guess I'm taking him here since I just do not like the value at either wide receiver or quarterback at 109. Still a big time SEC back with uh, a career of production at in the college ranks, Cody. And, uh, you know, Spiller is a guy like uh, Fitz mentioned, not great combine numbers. The strained uh, ab obviously did not help him. Um, but I think landing spot for all these guys is going to matter a lot. But we've seen way worse running backs have successful seasons in the NFL than Isaiah Spiller. So there is still tons of upside. Uh, but the problem is, is, you know, with Brees Hall, Kenny Walker, those guys are going to be successful no matter where they land. I think with the rest of the guys, it's uh, a lot is going to be riding on landing spot. Correct. I would say, yeah. I mean, the, the Isaiah Spiller thing, he's getting knocked down again because of the injury and not, not showing up at the combine. I thought uh, talking to him, he was not quite on the same level uh, from a, a, a dog mentality or a positivity standpoint as like a hall, a Walker or Shad white, those guys. Um, but again, if he shows to his combine, he doesn't run a four, six, five, I'm going to be just fine with him. Um, you, you see uh, Devin Singletary in the low four sixes, uh, David Montgomery, four, six, four. Uh, I think he can profile like a Montgomery and that's not a bad thing. So I think you got a solid value here. Um, and I, and I don't hate it, but again, I, I just, Spiller just doesn't, that's why he's not in that same tier with like a Walker or a Hall where before the combine, maybe some people had him in there. I just don't think he's quite on that level. He's a great, very patient runner. I think he's solid, great hands, great receiver, but I just don't think he's on the same tier, same level. Yeah. And, and that's fair, you know, but like we said, running backs come and go, got it. You yep. got to take them eventually. So I completely understand the spiller pick. So uh, your last pick Cody in the first round, who's it going to be? This is a tough one because we just talked about with the quarterbacks, uh, like Pat alluded to, which quarterback do you think has the opportunity to be that guy uh, in three years, in four years? And right now, I got a couple, but I'm not over, like I don't, like you said, 50%. I'm not over 50% confident in them. So that means I'm going receiver again, and I'm going with who I loaded to as the most talented receiver in this class. He's got burn. He's a separator. And he ran in the four fours just one year post ACL. He did play in the national championship. Give me George Pickens from Georgia. I think I got to tell you that I, I love George Pickens and he's right after the, the guys that we mentioned for me. Um, he, he's, he's in that tier. Uh, I think I had Mechie ahead. I think I'm going to put Pickens uh, ahead of Mechie here. And like you said, those numbers, they're not eye-popping for two reasons. Number one is because so many guys put up unbelievable historic numbers. And they, you know, the numbers were disappointing. And I'm going to throw up air quotes after we got the real times, but they're still amazing times. You know, sorry, 
Chris Olave probably should have ran that second 40 because it wasn't actually a 429, you know, or whatever. Uh, he he had run the first time, which ended up being, I think, like a 439 or 441 or something. Uh, it just wasn't historic, right? So, um, but Pickens, Pickens flew under the radar because he's running all these things it less than a year removed from his ACL surgery, which is just insanity uh, for a guy, his size. So Pickens is a guy that's uh, I feel like is completely underrated in this process. So I love this pick uh, Fitz, What do you think of Pickens? Yeah. It's a shame. We didn't get to see what Pickens could fully do in 2021. And yeah. uh, like, if you go back to what he did, he could have easily been a top five pick uh, top three pick, depending on like if we had gotten a full season out of him. Um, so the value here is fantastic. Uh, all right. So my last pick in the second round or in the first round, excuse me here. Um, I am going to go back to the quarterback. Well, now I don't know that any of these guys has a better than 50, 50 shot. Right. But I know in a super flex league, uh, I have won. um, I have won many a trade by hoarding quarterbacks. I just hoard them. I hold them because there is a finite amount. There's only 32. How many of the 32 are good? Not many. So many people like right now, you're going to see people scrambling to trade for Mitchell Trubisky. And we know Mitchell Trubisky is middle of the road. As far as NFL QBs go, doesn't mean he can't win a Super Bowl or win you some, some fantasy leagues here, but he's middle of the road. I think in terms of these QBs, Kenny Pickett is my favorite here, but for fantasy, I think Sam Howell just has so much more upside in the run game that I'm going to go ahead and snap him up here. Looks like I got angry looks from both of you with this pick, which I kind of like, uh, kind of makes me feel like I did a good job there. Uh, particularly you fits uh, the upside when he runs, he looks like a, just a smaller version of Tim Tebow to me, which I know, you know, any comparison to Tim Tebow is going to make people roll their eyes, but he's got a way better arm than Tim Tebow ever had. And he's a righty, not a lefty, so he's not unconventional. You know, he uh, doesn't have those little ticks in his delivery that Tim Tebow had as well. So, like, clean, better arm Tim Tebow from Sam Howell is the upside here. Have no idea if he'll see the field anytime soon. Obviously, we don't know where he's going to be drafted, but I do think in terms of fantasy and potential, he is higher than Pickett and the other guys on this list outside of Willis, of course. So Fitz, your thoughts on Sam Howell. My thought is I'm upset at you, Bogman, for doing that because <laughs> that's who I wanted. And <laughs> like, if you're just playing the percentages here, the guy who produced early in a major conference, a guy who produced as a freshman, put up good numbers right away, unlike Kenny Pickett, who, who took, what, fifth year before he really did anything. Um, great production his first couple of years a little bit of a drop off in year three but we've talked about why he lost Javante Williams Michael Carter Deami Brown Das Newsome yeah. uh, easy to understand the drop off and you know I, I didn't love the way he played in the actual senior bowl game where it looked like he made about three or four turnover worthy plays but <laughs> I, like I do think he is the like he's number two for me at quarterback two so I think this is a, a great 
a great pick. The senior bowl is a fun event, but I mean, the practices is what. Right, uh, right. The, the game doesn't mean much. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, guys that you're practicing with for a week can't really come together and gel. I mean, if you stand out in that game, you can get a lot of love. I mean, I was absolutely sold on Amir Abdullah because he had an amazing uh, senior bowl and uh, had an amazing week one for Detroit, too. But obviously, didn't look good after that, but uh, I think I'm bringing Cody back some memories here uh, of Amir Abdullah, but uh, your thoughts on Sam Howell and him being the second QB off the board. here? I'll jump into Sam Howell, but to exactly what you just said, <laughs> I asked uh, Alex Dunlap the same question. I said, why are we leaving on, on Friday of senior boat week, the game Saturday? He goes, we don't stay for Saturdays. I said, why? He goes, because if we stayed for Saturdays, Isaiah Pede would have been a number one running back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, sold. You don't got to say much yep. more than that. So that worked for me. Um, so, yeah, I feel you on the Amir Abdullah thing. And then, again, it happens every year with, that, with yeah. the games like that. Some guys just show up for the games. Kyle Valletta won the Senior Bowl you know, MVP yeah. a couple of years ago. And I think he's in the USFL now. So I, yeah, I was going to say, he was with the Giants for, what, like a couple of weeks? And then he was, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it happens. But uh, back to Sam Howell, what you just said, uh, the rushing ability, I love. And that's something that Baker Mayfield had in college. That's something Donovan McNabb had in college. And those are two guys that I look at. Um, I think uh, you look at a Mayfield with a better downfield arm and Mayfield doesn't oh, have a terrible yeah. downfield arm. Um, and that's what I look at with a Sam Howell. I have him QB two right after Malik Willis in my overall NFL uh, grades. And yeah, I mean, that would have been, that was actually going to be my next pick. It kind of was between these two quarterbacks <laughs> and you, you made the pick for me. So um, I really do like Sam Howell, the 800 rushing yards and was in question at the NFL combine. They asked him, you know, why wasn't the passing on the same level as the years past? We, we know the talent left, but how come it, it dropped off? And he said, because we worked in different quadrants. When we had the, the outside talents and Diami and Daz, you could go downfield. And he still went downfield to Josh Downs. But yeah, when those guys are gone, you work more in the middle quadrants. More of what you do in the NFL is work in those middle quadrants. So that's what he did. And he ran the ball and showed that he could. And he's a bruiser when he runs the ball. There's a lot. Yeah. Of he, he made it. He, he made his own like uh, spin move where it's an aggressive one where he knows he's going to run India. And instead of just trucking you over, he puts a spin in it. It's kind of weird, but um, I, I like Sam Howell. I like his energy. Uh, he's been very low key. Hasn't been like a over, over uh, outgoing or anything like he hasn't tried to be uh, more than what he is at any of these events that I've noticed. So uh, I still like Sam Howell. I'm still in the Sam Howell train. All right. Last pick in the first round for Pat. Who's going to be the last first rounder off the board here. Yeah, just like 109 was an uncomfortable spot, 112 is pretty uncomfortable here <laughs> with you taking Howell away from me, Boggs. So uh, I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. Man, it's it's hard for me to tout this pick when I feel like Pickett is going to be one of those guys who's either a really good backup or the kind of starter you're looking to replace. And that's kind of where I think he's going to land. But just the nature of Superflex, he gets pushed up the board here. Because they're – like I don't know if there's a receiver – I'm confident in has superstar potential here. There's still some I like out there, but I just don't think there's a, a surefire superstar looking guy left. So I'm going to take Pickett. I do think he's sort of got the makeup where I think he's going to maximize his ability, whatever that may be. I think despite the small hands, despite the late breakout, the really late breakout at, at Pittsburgh, like I think he is going to be the kind of guy coaches like. And yeah, so even though I'm I'm not crazy about the ceiling here, I think the floor is pretty respectable. 
Yeah, I think Pickett's still a first-round pick in the NFL draft. I do think he's going to fall, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers snap him up at pick number twenty. Played at Pitt, you know, that was something Brady Quinn brought up. I saw an interview with him on PFF, you know, where they were talking about, um, you know, well, he's got the small hands and the cold weather and blah blah blah. And he said, well, if only we had, you know. Uh, a you know a three-year sample size of him playing at Heinz Field in the bad weather you know what I mean so uh yeah I think Kenny Pickett can still get it done plus like you said this is a super flex mock and the quarterbacks once again just to reiterate and hit home if if you're looking if you have a super flex league you're looking in this rookie mock and you don't like the skill position players you think it's too early to take one Always take a quarterback because you can sell them for way more than they're worth, even if they're backups, most in most cases. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I think Kenny Pickett is a good pick here, whether you like him or not, just in terms of trading him as well and him holding value. I got, you know, Carson Wentz sucks. Everybody knows that. But I've got people hitting me up for him because he's a starting quarterback in the NFL for Washington now. Exactly. So, you know, it just works. So, Cody, your thoughts on Kenny Pickett? I mean, I, I like Kenny Pickett. He's good at everything. He's not great at anything. Um, he can run. Obviously, he's showing that. But again, uh, you got to love the first percentile hands. Um, and and where I kind of fall in line with Kenny Pickett, and it was a small jab, but uh, where I kind of fall in line is like he's somewhere in between like Drew Locke and Derek Carr. Like, is he going to be Derek Carr? You said you know he's gonna he's gonna fulfill everything he can do. And I think his ceiling is in that Derek Carr area, and I don't think Derek Carr is a bad quarterback. And I think his floor is the Drew Locke area. He's got the speed of Drew Locke, the size, the hands, everything aligns with Drew Locke. And I think he starts at that spot where it's uh, he comes in uh, equivalent to Drew Locke, and then it's like, can you grow into a Derek Carr? That's kind of how I look at Kenny Pickett. So I, I don't I don't hate the pick either. And then again, you're closing out round one in a super flex, getting possibly the first quarterback off the board in the NFL draft. Right. Yeah. So very, very good value. And we're going to move down to the second round. Like we said, it's not going to snake. Uh, Cody, you are up with the first pick in the second round. So just to break down the first round, once again, three quarterbacks, that would be two running backs and seven wideouts. So lots of wideouts gone. Who is going to be number one pick in the second round for you? So you start out one-on-one of a super flex and you think you're going to get a quarterback, but instead you go running back and you come back at the 201 in super flex and you take that quarterback right there with Desmond Ritter, 6'3", 207, 97th percentile, 40-yard dash, 452, unreal. Um, again, this guy started a boatload of games in college. He's got the speed. He's got the arm. The arm isn't overpowering, but he can make all the throws. Um, and right now, if you look at the NFL draft index over on playerprofiler.com, he's mocked at the 34 spot. 34.4 is the average uh, landing spot per NFL mock drafts. That would be in the Detroit Lions range. Somebody he said he was close comparable and he mocked himself after was Jared Goff. We have a Franken comp inside. We haven't released yet of Tannehill slash Jalen Hurts type of guy. Um, and we're ahead of consensus on Desmond Ritter. I've just been holding out on drafting him because I thought I could get him in the, in the second <laughs> round. And I did right here with Desmond Ritter at the two Oh one. Very, very smart pick, especially if, you know, if there's a guy that stands out to you in this group, you know, uh, you might be able to wait for him. Like, you know, we just saw Sam Howell almost fall to the second round too. So Fitz, your, your thoughts on Desmond Ritter. I was debating between Pickett and Ritter, and it's yeah. hard to argue with a quarterback with 4.5 speed 
And uh, I know Andrew Erickson of Fantasy Pros made a very convincing argument to me the other day about why Ritter is maybe getting a little, un- maybe a little underrated in fantasy drafts this year, especially yeah. Superflex. So I like the pick a lot. I mean, a lot of the mocks that I've seen that I love would be, uh, you know, that late pick for Detroit, um, yep. uh, it, it, you know, late in the first round, that very last pick. I think that would be a fantastic landing spot for him because, he, you know, they can't cut Jared Goff. He makes too much money. So Jared Goff's at least going to start the year as the starter. So if they want to go ahead and hand the reins over to Desmond Ritter, see what he has, you know, we do expect the Lions to improve. They were in almost all their games this year, but still going to be picking very high in the draft in 2023 as well. So at least take a look and see what you got in Desmond Ritter. If, if they do draft him, of course, and then, um, you know, work from there with that information. So I like that Desmond Ritter pick, um, my second pick, my first pick in, in the second round here, I'm going to do the strategy that I was talking about. I already took Malik Willis for this team. Uh, number one, but I am going to hoard the quarterbacks because it's a strategy that I have done in the past and I have seen it work. I have got way more than this draft spot value for a quarterback that I take at this draft spot in many, many drafts. So I'm going to take the last quote unquote viable QB option off the board. I'm going to snap up Matt Corral, stick him on my team and listen to uh, trade offers when they come in, look, if Matt Corral ends up somewhere like New Orleans, if they don't get Deshaun Watson or whatever, if he ends up in a place like Atlanta, where we know Matt Ryan is on his way out the door, if uh, Tampa Bay doesn't like Kyle Trask and decides to take him, you know, uh, there are many spots Matt Corral could end up and not be valuable this year, but hold a ton of value for the following season. So this is a spot where you take a guy in the second round, and I like Matt Corral too, by the way. I think uh, he's a little undersized. I know he's six six one. Uh, the the arm is good enough. Um, you know, not the most experienced, enough experience. The guy can run as well. He's got running upside. Obviously, coming off the huge ankle injury he had in the bowl game there, um, but I think he can be a productive guy. Do I think he's going to end up being a prolonged NFL starter? Probably not. He's probably more of a backup, but. He's going to get a shot, and the most popular guy in town when you have a bad quarterback is always the backup. I think Matt Corral could be one of those guys early in his career. So, uh, Cody, what do you think not only of Matt Corral but doing the double-up QB to hoard strategy here? I like the strategy of going and getting the double quarterback because exactly what you just said. As soon as he gets drafted, as soon as he, you know, if he enters camp at a, in a place like maybe he goes to a Pittsburgh and people are like, oh, Trubisky's the starter, and then, well, guess what happens when uh, Trubisky gets cut in, in in camp because he, you know, whatever. Like we've seen things happen like that before, right? And then corrals the number one hands down. You just got incredible value. You got multiple first round picks out of a guy you just drafted the second round in Superflex in fantasy. That's just kind of how things can happen. And I don't love Matt Corral, but it's value, and it could be a possible starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, I I say a little bit of a Zach Wilson in him, a little reckless. I don't love his downfield throwing. I don't think. Uh, I, I, this is, don't take this the wrong way. Cause I know you said you like him, but I don't think he translates the translates the best to the NFL just because of how kind of reckless he can get uh, running the ball, not protecting himself. He's a little undersized, um, but you know, he's been the guy, like you said, after, during the senior bowl, it was, you know, maybe, maybe Matt Corral is the guy that kind of helped himself the most by not being here. And then he right. just didn't do much at the combine. And it just kind of scared me off him a little bit. And 
I don't know. It's just a really tough quarterback for me to evaluate. I, I don't have him as high as a lot of people do. I have him actually below Malik, Pickett, Howell, and Ritter. Yeah. And, and, and that's fine. I don't, I, I, I like, I like his attitude more than his skill set. You know, he does definitely yeah. have that, that winning mentality. And he's a guy that I think that uh, players will rally around, which is why I like him, you know, but I don't know. I kind of thought that the skill set was somewhat similar to Colt McCoy coming out. I saw Colt McCoy with a little bit of a better arm. I think he's got a little more pop in zing in that arm than Colt had. So uh, Fitz, what do you think about Matt Corral and what do you think of that double up strategy? Yeah, I like the strategy. Uh, I'm kind of with Cody though. I don't really believe necessarily in Corral, but I also don't really trust my own ability to judge this QB class and who's (laughs) going to be good in it or not. So to get one of the guys who's a top five and maybe there's not all that much separation between this group. So value there for sure. I think in, in the second round. All right, Fitz, your for, your first pick in the second round. Who's it going to be? I bet it's not a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, so this team went with uh, Trelon Burks in the first round, and now I'm going to go running back, and I'm going to go with Rashad White of Arizona State. Uh, big 16 touchdowns in 11 games his last year at ASU. 6'2", 210, good size, can catch passes, can protect. Just well-rounded. I think he's going to translate pretty well. Man, we talked about tampa like what if if fournette doesn't sign and they get some sort of back here and we know it's not going to be ronald jones because he can't do the things that bruce arians demands which is catch passes and pass block but i think rashad white could be that guy would be interesting to see them spend a pick there that'd be a dream landing spot and i think that would push white into the first round but i think he's going to be a pretty good fit wherever he goes yeah, the most interesting uh, thing, one of the most interesting things out of the combine, I thought, Cody, was when Rashad White compared, you know, they said, who do you model your game after? And he said, Arian Foster. That was that was a fantastic answer. And when you watch him, after hearing him say that, you watch him like, I can see it a little bit. I don't know if he's going to be Arian Foster. Obviously, Foster was incredible. Injuries kind of derailed his career. But uh, your thoughts on Rashad White? Funny you said that because I was literally the one that asked him that question. Nice. It was, it was it was because going in, I had Le'Veon Bell as my. I was like, this guy's got incredible patience, fantastic hands at the Senior Bowl. He runs a little upright, just like Bell did. He's not as large as Bell was when he came out of Michigan State, um, but I think he's more like early career Le'Veon. And when I asked him, I said, "Who do you model your game after?" He said, "Le'Veon Bell." and Arian Foster. And so, you know, and one of the other things he said was like, I want to leave no doubt in my coach's mind that they can trust me on the field at all times, vision, patience. And he's like, without that, you ain't got nothing in the NFL. And so I just like everything about him. I love, I have him as my RB three uh, in NFL grades. It's him and Zamir white back to back. So, I mean, I love this value right here. That was literally my next pick. So um, <laughs> great pick, uh, Pat snapped him up all right so you are back on the clock for your second pick in round two cody who's it gonna be this is tougher now after you get past rashad because um again that was the guy i really wanted um i'm not (laughs) gonna go receiver here i'm gonna go running back and i'm gonna lean for the athlete rather than maybe the draft capital i think both these guys are gonna go off the board very close to each other I'm going to go Zamir White. I'm going to go with the prospect, the the four-star, almost five-star prospect out of high school. He runs that 4-4. There's rumors around the combine that he is as healthy as he's ever been. Obviously, at uh, Georgia, he I think he had two, two torn ACLs at his time, uh, during his time out of high school through Georgia. 
Um, and then he split the share with James Cook, who I think is the best receiving back in this draft class. Um, so again, it's like this thing we always see is these Georgia backs getting less and less touches because there's so many guys there and they're yeah. promised when you come here, when you come here, we're going to have you ready to go to the NFL. He just ran a four, four. He just added Nick Chubb to his list of comparables just because of it. And uh, I, I mean, I love Zamir White. If he stays healthy, this guy has the upside of being the best running back in this class. I just said that. I know. Brees Hall. I get it. <laughs> Zamir White has the talent to be the best. It's the same thing with George Pickens, though. These guys have the talent to be the best running yeah. backs in these class overall. It's just staying healthy and doing the damn thing. And uh, I think he's going to end up with early third, late second round draft capital. Yeah, Zamir White, definitely a guy that can be a better pro than a college player, like you said, because he could get the workload in the pros. I mean, Eli Mitchell is one of those guys who was in a three-back system at Louisiana. He comes in the NFL, and he's the second back, quote-unquote, for the Niners. They give him the most carries. He only lasts in 11 games because he hasn't taken a workload that big ever in college. Um, But... Uh, incredible production. I think the same can be said about Samir White. Obviously, has had a couple injuries, like you said. Um, Fitz, what is like a dream landing scenario for a guy like Samir White and others of his ilk? You know, there's guys like Brian Robinson in this class, Rashad White, another one. You just mentioned Tampa Bay is one. I think Kansas City is always on the board, although they did just take Clyde Edwards Alaire, so I don't think they'll be going running back. McKinnon looked great at the end of the year, too. But um, who, who would what landing spot would you love to see a guy like Samir White land in? You have any ones off the top of your head, Pat? Oh, Tampa and Kansas City are two of my favorites. I still think there's room for someone in Miami, even with the Chase Edmonds signing. Um, man, who else? Like the Texans, just like they need someone. Get somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know he's going to get carries if he goes there. But I, I like that pick. And you know, I got to admit, I was doing some scouting on uh, Cody before this. I was looking at the player profiler rookie rankings, and I saw that in Superflex they have Zamir White, I think, what, 14th, Cody? Is that right? Like you in guys, the, in the you guys, yeah, I'm pretty sure in the, the rookie Superflex rankings, he's top 15 for you guys. So, man, um, you know, and that's, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, 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 that's you, that's Josh Larkey, that's Matt Kelly. So, that yep. is a meeting of the minds on that. And that's three minds I respect. So Zamir uh, is a nice pick there. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta, just give them somebody to run the ball would be Atlanta uh, too. fantastic yeah. too. You know, just uh, either a landing spot where the offense is great or the options are abysmal uh, is always good for a running back coming into the NFL. So um, my next pick here, I'm just going to go with talent. Uh, I think that Jahan Dotson is by far the best player on, maybe not by far, but by a decent margin. I think he is the best uh, player on the board right now. I know I took a wide receiver for this team already in Garrett Wilson. I'm just going to assume that we're okay uh, in terms of position scarcity. I'm going to take Jahan Dotson. Like I said, the guy looks different, and this is against you know Big Ten athletes. Big Ten isn't the SEC, but it's still you know, one of the best conferences in uh, college football. And Dotson makes those guys look like they're all running in in quicksand uh, by his speed. He can snap off a route. I mean, Marquise Brown is a pretty decent comparison for Jahan Dotson. I don't know if he's as fast as Marquise, but I do like him getting in and out of his routes uh, by snapping them off and by using that speed as a weapon. Uh, I, I really like Jahan Dotson. 
problem with wide receivers is always landing spot, right? It's different if you land in Tampa Bay or if you land in Detroit, of course. But I think that Jahan Dotson is maybe, I think there's maybe two other guys that I think are going to be successful no matter the landing spot. But I think uh, more is tied to the other guys in this class. So I think just in terms of skill, Jahan Dotson is the best player on the board. Cody, your thoughts on Jahan Dotson. I liked the, I liked Jahan Dotson going into the senior bowl and then he opted out. We had a lot of question marks. Is he going to come in? There was rumors of five, nine. He did come in at five eleven at the, at the combine. And then he runs a four, four, three when there was conversations of four, three. Um, I, I'm indifferent about him. I, I don't love him. I don't hate him. I'm just like in the middle of the road on a Jahan Dotson. I think he's going to go round one. I think he's going to be one of those guys. I, like I said, like Kadarius Tony last year, we didn't expect it. We didn't think it was going to happen or should have happened, but I think Jahan Dotson is going to be the same guy that he's going to go at the end of round one, maybe like a Buffalo. Um, I would love that situation where yeah. he goes in there with a Josh Allen. You got Diggs, you got Davis. Um, I, I think that would be a great spot for him. Make it the three D's. Dig Davis and Dotson. Let's go. There you go. Uh, there you go. I, I, I like that. I thought you were going to say Jalen Rager and I was going to boot you off this podcast. No. So I'm glad you said Kadarius Tony. So fits <laughs> uh, your thoughts on, uh, on our guy, Jahan Dotson here. Yeah. I think I heard Greg Cosell comp him to a Deontay Johnson with better hands, which would be quite a find in the middle of the second round of a super flex. You have to say better hands. I mean, yeah, sorry about that, Boggs. Who Uh, who doesn't have better hands than Deontay Johnson? Come on. Eric Ebron's like the only one. (laughs) But Dotson Dotson does play fast. I mean, I'm up here in Big Ten country, and I saw him uh, torch my Badgers a couple of times on deep balls this past fall. So, he is a fast dude, and I, I like the pick a lot there. I think that's good value. And, you know, I was kind of contemplating him at, with that Rashad White pick at 103 or 203. So, um, so at 207. Oh, sorry, it's Cody. Or no, no, it is no, no, it's 206. You. It's you. My bad. Yeah. And man, I'm torn. I've got like three receivers I like here. And I'm not sure if this is the right call, but I'm going to go with Christian Watson. Uh, take the size while it's there, the size speed combination. Really enticing, and, and what a postseason he has had with his senior ball performance. Um, apparently voted the best wide receiver at the senior ball, I think, by the cornerbacks who were there. Then goes out and lights it up in the combine. Yeah, the numbers weren't great at North Dakota State, but uh, NFL bloodlines here, and that was kind of a limiting offense, shall we say. So I'm pretty excited about him. It looks like he's going to be a second-round pick. And yeah, I'm taking the opportunity to get this kind of a size speed combination mid second. Yeah. With this uh, Megatron esque relative athletic score and all that good stuff, Cody, I mean, Christian Watson is soaring up draft boards right now, and it would not be surprising to see him go ahead of the likes of Pickens and Dotson and all. I don't think he'll crack that first uh, six, but I think right after that group, Christian Watson uh, comes in there and, you know, I don't know that there's another play that's moved themselves up higher in the pre-draft process than Christian Watson, right? 100%. Um, 
the freakish athlete, the the best athlete we've seen um, through this whole process. I would say uh, talking to him at the Senior Bowl, he's from Tampa. That's somebody he looks at is Mike Evans, Julio Jones. Those are guys he grew up watching. And I mean, like when he said Julio Jones, I'm like, man, I don't think you're that good of an athlete. And then fast forward <laughs> a month and he tests out like Julio Jones. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Um, so I'm very excited about him. But again, I think the the thing we hear a lot on draft Twitter is people are like, oh, put him in the first round. You know, I saw all the way up to like pick 12 to the Vikings. I've seen all over the first round people talking about him getting mocked in the NFL draft. We got to just slow a roll on the mock for Christian Watson to go round one. I don't think the NFL is going to have him in round one coming from North Dakota State. Uh, we do see a similar player in Isaiah Weston from Northern Iowa who does not have the traits that Watson has, but he's very close. He's got the same output, same athleticism, same height, same weight, etc. all that stuff. So I, I think we just got to slow the roll on, on uh, Christian Watson, the NFL side. But from fantasy, I love the second round draft capital. I think anywhere he goes, he's going to play. He's going to start. Um, and I just love the draft pick with Christian Watson. He was next on my list uh, at the wide receiver position as well. All right. Well, you are up again here uh, to, to pick. So Christian Watson off the board, snapped up one pick ahead of you. So uh, who's going to be your third pick in round two? So I got three running backs. I got Zamir, Brees, Kenneth Walker. I feel really good about those athletes. I got two receivers and one quarterback. I think I got to dip right back into the wide receivers. And for me, it's very close here. These next two receivers that are on our board, I think I'm going to go David Bell. I'm going to go okay. David Bell. We got we got two early declares are the guys I'm, I'm deciding between. I'm going to go David Bell. He's not the better athlete between the two, but he broke out earlier at Purdue. He played with Rondell Moore. His comps did not come back terrible. We're talking, you know, there's guys in there, uh, Jawan Jennings, Nuke Hopkins, Anquan Bolden. There's some Farrell Coopers, some Laquan Treadwells in there. But I think David Bell's going to go on day two. He's going to get drafted by the NFL. We've seen these guys come in as lesser athletes like a Keenan Allen and still produce. I think he produces well in the middle quadrants. He's going to be a slant god. He's going to be used by the NFL teams. I think he's going to produce better in the NFL than people are expecting. And I'll take him here in round two. Yeah, PPR monster is what David yes. Bell is going to be. A guy that gets, you know, uh, a ton of targets and close to 100 receptions at if if he obviously hits his peak and doesn't burn out. So, uh I do like David Bell. I think in terms of fantasy, it's a fantastic pick. Fitz, what are your thoughts on David Bell? Yeah, I think if you're in a draft with Iowa and Michigan State alumnus, uh he is going to be well regarded there because he <laughs> destroyed Iowa for 11 catches 240 yards and a touchdown at a time when Iowa was undefeated. I think he did that in Iowa City too. And uh wrecked MSU for 11 catches, 217 yards and a touchdown. 93 catches in 11 games this past fall. The dude is productive. So never mind that he ran a 4-6-5 at the combine or whatever. Like this dude can play. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of those numbers once these guys start producing that, you know, this is why, I mean, I, I like the combo more for the stuff like Cody's been talking about. You talk to the athletes, you know, you, you see a couple of those scores, but at the end of the day, they run around in their underwear, right? It's not film. And I think because it's so late in the process, people put a little too much into these slight separators from the combine versus what you watched on film the whole time. Plus the old scout trope of you can't count it twice. We know a guy's fast. You can't count it fast. You can't say he's fast when he runs a fast 40. You already knew he was fast. It was in your board. Don't count it a second time. You know, guy has good hands. He catches all the balls in the gauntlet. You knew he had good hands. You know, the gauntlet isn't the thing. So uh, getting to hear 
rumors from GMs, input from the players themselves, and what evaluators in the NFL think is the most uh, useful stuff in the combine, in my opinion. So uh, like that David Bell pick. So, uh, Cody, this is your last pick in this – or no, no, your second to last pick in this draft. Uh, David Bell just went – no, it's me. I'm up. You just took David Bell. I don't know why. It's because, Pat, you were talking. I thought you took David Bell, so my bad. This is uh, my second-to-last pick here. I'm going to take Trey McBride out of Colorado State uh, for this team. Sorry. <laughs> for this team that I already have Jamison Williams for. It's the first tight end off the board. He is the guy, though. I like Greg Dolkich. I think that Jeremy Ruckert is probably a little more uh, complete and pro-ready than Trey McBride is just because he was used so much in the blocking game at Ohio State. Everything that we heard from the combine and the senior bowl and everything was Ruckert was an underused guy, but Trey McBride is going to be your pass catching tight end in this class. There's other ones that can turn into it, but I think that McBride is one of the few guys that comes in. You can drop him in, which is a huge thing at tight end. It's so rare that a tight end can be, you know, put in the NFL, dropped in and used immediately. Obviously, this dude's going to get more work on third and longs than third and shorts uh, because he'll probably have a better blocking tight end uh, for whatever team he is drafted to, but he can do it. So if he's asked to do it, I think he can. Um, I would expect a year similar to Pat Freermuth with more upside his rookie season for Trey McBride. So, um, uh, Cody, I was, was that you, uh, exclaiming as I picked Trey McBride and what do you think of his, uh, you know, what, what do you think of this pick here? Yes, it was. I was, I was hoping to put the capstone <laughs> on my team in the next pick uh, with Trey <laughs> McBride. So I really loved what you did there. I think he's some mixture of Hawkinson and Goddard, uh, but he doesn't quite have the yak of those guys, but he's in that same mold. Uh, we have him in the dynasty rankings plugged in just behind Dawson Knox already uh, right in there at tight end number thir- uh, 14. Um, so, I mean, I like Trey McBride a lot, obviously 1100 yards, 90 receptions, 134 targets last year, but just that one touchdown, which is really weird. But again, everyone points to Colorado state, but in years past, what have we seen? Michael Gallup, old BC Johnson, Preston Williams this year to tight end. He's going to come in. He's going to produce. He's going to do the damn thing. I like Trey McBride a lot. Yeah. Fitz, your thoughts on Trey McBride. Everything you guys just said, he's the number one pass catching tight end in this class. Like I think in tight end premium, he might get pushed up to the bottom of the first round. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go there. So good pick there. So 109, I'm going to go with Sky Moore. Still a couple of uh, wide receivers I like here, but 4-4 speed, and he's not tiny. Like He's not big. I think 5'10", 190, like big enough, not, not a little smurf. And this guy's dangerous, man. He is a fun watch on film. Like I, I hope he lands in a place where there is some creativity um, because I, I think he could be a really interesting playmaker in the NFL. Yeah. I, I really like sky Moore. Um, just like you said, Western Michigan. So there's some questions about, um, you know, the production and all that stuff. This guy is fast. Uh, you see it on film. It translates. The dude is super, super fast. Uh, I really like this pick. I think obviously a lot depends on landing spot. I don't think he can come in. Like if he gets drafted by Chicago, he can't be the one answer. Like he, I don't think he's a wide receiver one, but I think is a great complimentary wide receiver to somebody else. Like if he landed in Dallas, that would be amazing. 
You know what I mean? With you got CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup on this team also. Now he's going to get one-on-ones. He's going to start torching people. So uh, I really like, depending on landing spot, I really do like Sky Moore here. So uh, Cody, your thoughts on Sky Moore? I love everything about him. This was the other pick I had other than David Bell. <laughs> and so I was going to come back. So now it's just like bang, bang, McBride, more. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of sad I didn't take him over David Bell. These guys, are, like I said, back-to-back in all of our grading and rankings and everything. Um, at the Combine, this this guy's energy was just a little bit different. He, he, you know, I asked him, you know, what did you, what's your mentality when you get the ball in your hands? I want to score, and I don't want you to touch me. And that's just like <laughs> – it's just different mindset. That's what I, I liked about him. And uh, after the combine, the mock draft update, he was the biggest riser. He jumped into the late half of round two in NFL mock drafts. So that's exciting for him. And then as we do comparables on uh, playerprofiler.com, we've been running the numbers and a couple of the guys that are on the top end of his golden Tate, Christian Kirk, Rashad Bateman, some mixture in there. I think that that's, that profile is very well for an early declare from Western Michigan. I, I love sky Moore. All right, you're up for your last pick in this draft, Cody. You got George Pickens on the squad. Who are you going to pair with them? So we got two receivers, Drake London and George Pickens. And as I said before, I was looking to – well, I have David Bell as well. I was looking to put Sky Moore or Trey McBride on there. Now it really opens up for me because there's a lot of options. Can I go running back? Do I reach on receiver? Where do I go? I'm going to put the marbles in South Carolina. And I'm going to go after Kevin Harris, the brute running back out of South Carolina, who's dealt with a little bit of back injuries over the last few years, but I believe he jumped 38 inches in the, in the vertical. He had a massive broad jump. And then later this week, he's going to be running his 40 at the South Carolina pro day. I think he's another guy that can jump into that, you know, mid four fours. If he runs in the mid four fours, we're going to be talking about him next to Zamir white, as far as these drafts fall. And I'm going to take Kevin Harris running back out of South Carolina. This is a Debbie guy. If you're in Debbie, you're listening. Shout out Kevin Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Harris is a good grab and stash guy. Um, you know, look, we've seen way, you know, running backs with way longer odds than a guy like Kevin Harris come through and succeed. James Robinson was an undrafted free agent who came in at Jacksonville and, uh, you know, ran the table there and made people really surprised that the Jags would take a guy like Travis Etienne in the first round because they already had James Robinson. Obviously that worked out because Robinson tore his Achilles. But you know, if this guy lands in a Houston, if he lands in an Atlanta, a Pat somewhere where they don't have an established back and it's just open competition, this guy could win a starting NFL job. So your thoughts on Kevin Harris. And the size is going to be attractive. There just aren't that many bigger backs in this class. Like he's not a giant. He's not like Ramondre Stevenson. He's not that heavy, but he's a bigger dude. He is well built. Like he's the, the prototype, I think, for an early down NFL thumper. So that's going to be appealing to some team out there. Uh, for my last pick, I am. Uh, God, I'm debating here. I like two guys on this board a lot. Look, I think just. Spot. Yeah, because I haven't taken one. I'm going to go ahead and snap up James Cook. And uh, look, if you're in a PPR league, James Cook is going to hold a ton of upside. He's Dalvin Cook's brother. Obviously, you know, we Dalvin Cook profiles is a much better overall running back. But James Cook is in the bloodline, right? I think that landing in a good spot with an offense that passes a lot, I think Arizona would be an enormous landing spot for him. I know they just re-signed James Conner. 
And I think Connor is, uh, you know, a great running back, but watching him in Pittsburgh, we know that he is absolutely capped. He can't have 300 touches. He will break down. It is what he has done in the past. We will probably see it again. It happened at the end of this season too, even though he had an outstanding year, never trying to take any way, anything away from James Connor. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL, but I think if you uh, compliment a guy like James cook in there, you can get him some receptions. I think it's going to be great for his overall value, especially if a guy like James Connor goes down. So I think this is a nice uh, RB, uh, you know, four on your on your overall roster with a ton of upside. And I think if he gets some time, he can absolutely earn a starting job. I think a lot like Samir White, this dude could be a better pro than he was in college. So, Cody, your thoughts on Cook here? Love James Cook. I uh, wish he wish he was a little bit bigger. I wish he was in that two ten area like his brother. Uh, the running style, the play style is exactly like his brother. You would expect no different. It's hard not to see his brother and his mannerisms and how his legs move and how his legs are formed. He's got the same lower body size as his brother. Four four two, incredible speed. I think he's the best receiving back in the uh, in this draft. Um, I think he can run every route. I think he can be used out of the slots. And I think he will be used out of the slots uh, very often in the NFL. And like you said, he he can he can earn that starting job. Um, but I would like to see him see see him gain a little bit more weight. Hey, look, he could go on my diet to gain weight, so we can get him there. <laughs> no issues at all there. So, uh, Fitz, your thoughts on James Cook? Yeah, he's going to fit somewhere as a satellite back, satellite back plus, like safe pick here late in the second. You're going to get a guy who's going to stick on your roster for a while. All right. Last pick in this mock fits. You got Kenny Pickett on the squad. Who's it going to be? Yeah, so let's close it out with, uh, I'll mention the runner-ups here. Like, can Carson Strong actually slip out of the first couple runs? Yeah, he's going to slip because he's not going to be the, the pick here. Big arm, but uh, as our mutual friend Alex Dunlap says, Cody, and I'm sure you heard this analogy, it's like a seven-year-old with a fire hose. Like, it's powerful, <laughs> but he just can't control it. Uh, the accuracy just really isn't there sometimes. Damian Pierce, a guy Alex Dunlap really likes, I know, didn't uh, inexplicably did not get the sort of workload at, at Florida he really deserved. And one of those guys who I would not be surprised to see him hit as one of the, the better backs in this class. But I'm going to go with Justin Ross here, um, a guy who, as a sophomore in 2019, was the, the number two receiver, not by much, behind T. Higgins and ahead of Amari Rodgers and I think Cornell. Cornell Powell, was he the fourth guy? So yeah, yeah like a, a big time producer at a terrific program at an early age. And uh, like, I, I think Ross is kind of flying under the radar this year. The only issue with Ross uh, is obviously the spinal fusion surgery. Now they've said that he's fine. Obviously uh, he played last year. He looked good. Uh, the initial diagnosis was he's done with football, which, you know, there's a couple of the, I'm not a big like pre-injury guy and, you know, guys have injuries, um, you know, and, and I understand that, um, you know, previous injury is the biggest uh, calibrator or whatever to future injury. I understand that. Um, but I, I don't think I could take him over Mechie, but I do think he's unbelievably underrated here. Yeah. So I understand. Understandable. I, I mean, if not for the surgery, though, he's probably going ahead of guys like David Bell and Sky Moore. Yes. You yeah. Think? I, yeah. hundred percent. I think if no surgery, he's right in there with probably Pickens, right? Like that's right yep. where his yep. his, uh, you know, draft stock would be. So completely underrated. I'm glad you brought him up here. Uh, Cody, your thoughts on Justin Ross and anybody else that you're surprised that didn't make this draft? 
I would 100% agree. Uh, I think he's in that Pickens range if he doesn't have the issues. And that's the only thing that scares me off of him is that we don't know. You know, they go through 32 different doctors at the NFL Combine and they see, you know, how they how how those team doctors uh, think he's doing. And, you know, 30 of them could fail him. We don't know that. Right. We, we don't know that stuff right now, especially till then after, you know, down the road. Uh, but I love the prospect of Justin Ross. I think he plays styles after Devontae Parker. I think that's how he uses his body. I think he just like all these other guys that especially come from Clemson, the Mike Williams is he fits right in that that scheme, that that type of receiver. Um, I enjoyed watching him. Uh, I thought he was going to go round three. Um, I asked him at the combine, you know, would you like to play with your, your buddy, Trevor Lawrence in the NFL? And he was like, hell yeah. And I was like, that, <laughs> that felt like a great spot. Just go to Jacksonville. No, they got to pay Christian Kirk and, and say <laughs> Jones instead. Ugh. exactly. And, and Marvin Jones and Evan Ingram. And it's like, now it's probably not going to happen, but. Remember when Travis about, Etienne was going to be a wide receiver there last year too? I mean, yeah. Remember, remember when Lavisca Chenault was a thing? And uh, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's 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 quite yeah. But anyways, I think Justin Ross is going to be a fantastic NFL receiver. I just hope the medicals come back, and and I love the value here. Um, but again, guys that I thought might have went, maybe Brian Robinson. I think Brian Robinson has the body type. I've said this multiple times to Matt. I think he's a guy that's going to come in. He's going to get 200 touches, 200 carries probably uh, from his rookie season, his second season. I think that's a guy in fantasy you have to take advantage of is Brian Robinson. I know you're playing for the helmet uh, with Ab- Alabama. Um, I think he's probably going to be a day two guy. Um, but again, I think he's going to come in 200 touches, 200 carries uh, as a rookie, as a second year is very valuable in fantasy. Him, and then, like you said before, Damian Pierce is a nice one. Um, I think Alec Pierce is getting some good uh, some good responses from NFL scouts, and, and I think he's going to end up being a day-two guy uh, that we could consider up here, a very athletic wide receiver. Um, yeah, I think those are probably two guys. Kelvin Austin I love, but, again, in fantasy, it's going to be that tougher for a guy like him to trust because um, he's not on the Tyreek Hill level. So um, I would say Robinson, probably Alec Pierce are two guys that could get bumped up into round two eventually. Uh, yeah, Mechie, like I said, was the only guy, um, that was the guy I was debating between Cook and Mechie at, at the end. And I'm also a huge Shalen Tolbert fan. I love yeah. watching Shalen Tolbert, uh, like guy that I think he will surprise people, different skill set, but I think he will surprise people the way that Deontay Johnson did. Uh, I think that's like, you know, his production ceiling is somewhere in that neighborhood, but that is going to wrap it up for the fantasy pros dynasty fantasy football podcast for today. We'd like to thank you, Cody. And once again, you can follow him at Carpenter NFL and please tell everyone uh, where they can find all your work and what do you have coming up in the near future here? You can find me on Twitter at Carpenter NFL on patreon.com forward slash Carpenter NFL. All my work is over at player profiler um, doing uh, NFL mock draft 5.0 will be out next weekend. Uh, the big board uh, is accumulation of all NFL mock drafts around the community. You can find that on NF, uh, playerprofiler.com and I'll be coming out with my NFL draft top 300 prospects yeah. in the next coming week so be on the lookout for that um, but i appreciate you guys having me on this was a blast to run through these two rounds with you guys talk a little free agents um just again very very appreciative of you guys well thank you for coming on and you can check us as always at fits underscore ff fits what's coming up for you just continued we're working on a dynasty kits over at fantasy pros it's going to be out soon and uh, continuing to track this baseball stuff, Bogman, as you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, not a lot, busy couple of weeks here at Fantasy Pros. Yeah, so many baseball moves, so many 
football moves in free agency. I am also working on that draft kit. I'll be writing up IDPs for this class. So uh, look for that to come out somewhat soon. Obviously you can find all my stuff at Bogman sports uh, in this league.com as well. I've uh, made all of my rank adjustments for uh, baseball right now, which has been crazy. And I will have my NFL rankings uh, for the draft out by the end of this month as well. So lots to work on. The work never stops in the fantasy community. So uh, we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. Find your seat. I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This will never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tagline. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. State Farm and DJ Dramos from Life as a Gringo know that getting your money right brings freedom, empowerment, and future success. The mindset work that it takes to retrain your brain to believe that you are someone who can obtain anything you want financially and hit all of those financial goals and that the only thing holding you back is is yourself. I love how she talks about like just demanding how much you believe you're worth, how much you want to make, and how you have to make that declaration. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.